podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so we're here on YouTube uh, with a quick turnaround between game which went 729, meaning we can't really do a podcast because it wouldn't take, well, it wouldn't be worth the effort. Um, what a dance group of a game week it was of uh, blank game week 27 uh, to hopefully lighten the end of the game week for you guys. I'm joined today by Nick and a familiar face slash voice to some of you in Will at the head honcho of fansfootballhub.co.uk. Welcome, Will. Hi there, guys. It's a, yeah, it's a pleasure to be on. I've been listening to you for ages so uh, yeah it's an honor and uh, yeah really looking forward to getting started and if, if anyone wants to give us a follow we're at f football hub on twitter so yeah go go check us out if you don't already yeah cheers, cheers will brilliant to have you on the pod um, for the first time um the first of many perhaps uh, but yeah just to say quickly who we are we are who got the assist you can find us on twitter at wgta underscore fpl you can use spotify soundcloud wherever you'd like to listen and subscribe so yeah as this is a wgt q a we won't be doing a proper podcast this week because of the quick turnaround between the game weeks but instead we'll be giving our thoughts on a few burning questions that we've been asked in the aftermath of the game week just gone so let's quickly get on with the game week reviews let's get those out of the way because it's been a bit of a rubbish week as we said before yeah, moving on to, to the questions <laughs> so um do you want to start then will uh, yeah, I think like, like many, it was uh, not a good one for me. Just the, the 37 with the, the minus four on top of that. So yeah, th- 33 all out, which um, yeah, not not brilliant. But uh, I, I was very close to doing Aguero to Bamiyang for a minus four. It was actually Tom who uh, gave me a heads up on that uh, uh, Lacazette would, could potentially start instead of Aubameyang. So, uh, yeah, I'm pleased to avoid that one. But how, how about you? How do, how do you guys go on? All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll go next then and, and share the news that I've uh, completed uh, completed an FPL <laughs> achievement. I, I've got it. It came up as a little trophy. Um, ten red arrows in a row. It's, it's, uh, been, a, it's been a fantastic period for me, uh, really showing off my managerial credentials here, uh, being able to do the do the unthinkable. Uh, 34 points for me. Uh, Aubameyang, uh, captain, and head in my hands when he missed that kind of late chance. So I was hoping that I could at least mm. sneak something. Um, but, yeah, it, it didn't really go that fantastically. Uh, Jimenez, uh, Van Dyke with the with the one bonus and Doherty with the assist were basically the only things that I got this week. Um, Son blanking was also a little bit a little bit annoying, but given the captaincy that was going off there, I kind of was slightly pleased about that in a kind of perverse way. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't 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 particularly great, was it? It was just one of those weeks where none of the differentials I have fired didn't have Rondon. Didn't have Dead of or anything like that, and it just didn't really work out for me. Uh, and Nick, finally, how did you do? Yeah, pretty terribly, to be honest. I got a 39, uh, but a minus four as well. Um, so it's a red arrow, um, just a small one in the end, but yeah, not happy with that. Just ended up fielding 10 men actually because Juan Basaka was injured. Um, and yeah, I mean. Robertson got eight points, which is quite nice, I guess. Doherty got five and Jimenez seven. And Nasovic got an assist after coming off the bench, but that's about it. Um, my transfers didn't really go to plan, to be honest. Pereira getting a zero was pretty uh, painful. But yeah, not the best of uh, game weeks, but luckily we've got more games this week so we can move swiftly on, can't we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, uh, shall we uh, quickly do a market forces, Nick, um, just to talk about kind of how people have started to react to this uh, this game we've just gone before we segue into the questions that we received this week. So there's a, a talking point that comes out of this market forces, isn't there? 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, when it comes to the market forces, this game game week doesn't look like anyone's really thinking about game week 31. Instead, it's all about the Manchester City assets. And uh, it's an interesting one, really, because I I feel like all these transfers kind of broke the Austin rule to a certain extent, because the majority of them have been done prior to the League Cup final, which went 120 minutes in the end. Um, And the two most transferred in players... Aguero with 67,000 transfers time recording and Sterling 29,000 transfers um, all played 120 minutes and the third um, third man who I also own annoyingly Laporte went off at halftime with a hamstring injury and he's already had 27,000 transfers in but I think we wanted to talk firstly about Aguero and who's being sold which is uh, Aubameyang for, who's had uh, 39,000 transfers out at this moment in time and I guess for myself um I don't really see this as a very good move at all, to be honest. I mean, obviously, Aguero doesn't have a game week 31. So, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, if you're planning a free hit in 31 or you're planning a wild card in advance of that. But I, I would have hold, I would have held off. I'd have waited to see what happens in the um, in the League Cup final because it's, it's high, highly likely that Aguero might even be rested. Or Bamiyang didn't play, but I would expect him to start against Bournemouth at home in the midweek fixture. And then if you want to do that move, do it after the um, midweek fixtures before the North London derby. But for me, it, it didn't really make sense as um, a sensible move. And I, I disagree with the market on this occasion, but I don't know what you guys think. Uh, yeah, I think it's mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's completely mad. Like um, Agu- uh, Aguero's obviously played the 120 minutes. He's he might be benched from the start. You know, it's, I, I've never want to try and second-guess Pep, but at the very least, you, you'd think he's going to have his minutes managed. And um, yang has got a, a plum fixture. Guerrero's obviously got a good fixture as well. But, um, yeah, um, it wouldn't be a move that I'd be making for sure. You'd expect Yang to, to come and, and, and start midweek. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's, a, it's a very strange one. And, so it's, it's another one where, you know, Aguero could have got injured today. So why make the move early? There isn't really a, a reason to do that. So, uh, but at least he didn't do that. And I'm, I, I, so I've already got Aguero, so I'm quite happy to, to hold him. Um, he was going to be my captain until he played 120 minutes. So I probably won't captain him now. But um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I wouldn't be making the Bamiyan switch for sure. What about you, Tom? No, it definitely makes sense. No, I think that there's kind of two issues here. We'll talk about the second one in a minute, which is about Man City in that 120 minutes you just mentioned, Will. Um, in terms of Aubameyang being sold for Aguero, I mean, uh, the fact that he didn't play today uh, and didn't came on to the 76th, 77th minute for Awobi, uh, you look at that as an Aubameyang owner and think, well, he uh, he's nailed on for the next game. You'd hope yeah. Yeah, Emery doesn't do a pep. Um, and he's also playing Bournemouth. Now, Bournemouth, for example, are top for big chances conceded over the last six away games. And it's been pretty well noted that away from home, they find it very hard to defend. They find it very hard to defend against most top six teams. And Aubameyang himself, though, it's been much vaunted that, for example, you know, XG-wise, he's been uh, underperforming that for a very long time. And you know, even over the last six home matches, he's still top for uh, big chances uh, Big chances their players have with nine. Uh, that's mm. more than Aguero. Um, he's only scored one of them. And the, the, the thing with Aubameyang seems to be that, you know, we did put out this narrative, didn't we, that perhaps he's a clinical finisher and perhaps he's uh, one of those players that if he gets in the right positions and he, he can finish the chances. But the more I've had him this season, I've had him at the expense of owning Aguero for so long and I've held the faith of him. But the more I watch him, the more frustrated I get. I'm just like, dude, 
come on, like you're, you're three, three yards out. Like, well, how have you missed that? <laughs> and and it, I'm just hoping that it will be the one week where it all comes together. You know, I've, I've, I sold Salah in similar circumstances where he was statting very well and the mm-hmm. final killer stat wasn't quite happening and gave up the ghost at that moment. And I think that for me, I'm not going to be getting Kunigori this week. Um, I'm going to be sticking with Aubameyang and I'm going to be sticking the captaincy on Aubameyang. Yeah, as well. if I had him, he would definitely be my captain. I think just he's that Bournemouth game. Is just, out. Yeah, that, that's the plum fixture of the year, really. Well, apart from maybe Fulham and Huddersfield, but yeah. <laughs> They, they look there for the taking for the big team, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think the big point here um, is is Man City. I think we should probably move on to that unless you've got anything to say there, Nick. No, I think um, we've had a few questions from the chat already about Manchester City anyway, about Pep Roulette and if we think it's a worry or if we think that because they're chasing the title, Manchester City will still, um, or Pep will still play the be- their best team. We've also had a question about um, Leroy Sane in particular um, and whether he's going to be starting. And, and that's an interesting one because I think personally that Sane will start. I know you're an owner, Tom, and you, you've kept the faith in Sane as well um, under the expectation perhaps that he will start the next game. Um, as a Sterling owner... I'm I'm a bit concerned about him starting. I've got a feeling he might not play because there's also Riyad Mahrez and you know Pep's talked um, you know publicly about wishing that he'd given Mahrez more game time and you know he's a quality player he deserves more game time. So I wouldn't be surprised as well if Mahrez um, starts. I think Gabriel Jesus is injured though, isn't he at the moment? So maybe Aguero could still get away and still play, but it has to be yeah. down to how fatigued they are all feeling. And you know at the end of the day, we don't know for sure how they all looked um but i'm sure there'll definitely be some rotation in that next game yeah it's definitely going to bite soon isn't it i mean west ham are one of those teams aren't they that um they, they are capable of defending well on their day you've got to hope kind of if you are going all in on city here they're not going to pull off a defensive masterclass. class and away from home they've conceded 20 big chances um so they're still uh, which is kind of i think it's joint third that was when i looked at it earlier so there's still a team that you'd expect Manchester to be able to steamroller it's just whether they've got the wherewithal to do it i think with the um with the kind of boosted by the cop win you're kind of looking at a potentially quite a decent outcome there I mean you mentioned a second ago I've still got Leroy Sana still got him sat in my team um didn't want to sell him this week and I think I was saying to you guys on our Slack wasn't I oh should I get rid of him for Felipe Anderson I decided not to just because I thought well hopefully we'll play West Ham and he's still for example top for big chances created in the last uh, six home games amongst uh, amongst midfielders and on his day you know what Sana can do and he had he's had a few periods of playing very very well um I've got to hope that that's going to be a decent differential. It's almost like a differential. Me and the FPL TV were talking about it. It's almost like a differential by mistake now, Leroy Sane, because I haven't sold him. <laughs> so I might as well keep hold of him over the next kind of few game weeks. And uh, I can kind of see you going back to Conegrero, why people are maybe moving the City players in with the anticipation of that 32 double game week that could be uh, Cardiff and Fulham if they beat uh, Swansea. I mean, even if not, they've got Fulham. So, um, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Will, what are you thinking about doing? I mean, you've got a Kunigura, haven't you? Like, are you thinking of putting him yeah. in for Man City? I've already got him, and um, I think Sane, he, he's, he's surely got to play. Surely got to play at midweek. So, yeah, I'd definitely be keeping him. Um, I think that it's generally like the the midfielders are probably more at risk. So, I think Sterling could definitely get benched. As you say, there's there isn't too many more options up front for Pep, so... You'd think Aguero is going to get some minutes, but they're probably going to get managed. I don't actually know about Jesus. I know that there are rumours that he was coming back. He's probably not going to be 
fit for midweek, I wouldn't have thought. But um, yeah, one to keep an eye on for, for the pressers for sure. Didn't he have a picture of himself going to come into Manchester? Sorry, coming to London. Um, I think he put that on. So maybe oh, really? he was there yeah. watching. Maybe they're watching rather than playing. Yeah, he's got to start to eventually. Uh, I'm sure take some time off uh, off Aguero. But yeah, it's definitely one of those that. Um, I mean, a few people have been saying, and I think that's definitely true, that Kunaguero has been the number one pick and superseded uh, Jesus uh, for Guardiola's love and affection a little while ago. Yeah. And it was that time, the Jamie Jackson period, when it looked like uh, a little bit more 50-50 between the two of them. So you kind of think that if Jesus isn't available, that um, apart from playing Sterling or something, uh, you'd be expecting Kun to, um, uh, to start. Um I also noticed there was another injury uh, this week, which affects a few people, uh, including one person on this chat. It is uh, Laporte, um, who uh, has been injured. And Nick, you, you had Alonso as well that you were kind of wondering what to do with. And now you've got a bit of an issue with two defensive, uh, expensive players. Well, Alonso actually left my team, Tom. Oh, we um, did, did he? Uh, yeah, I, I made the wise choice of uh, swapping Alonso out for Ricardo Pereira. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about Leicester in a little bit. And uh, we won't go into too much detail now. But yeah, I wasn't happy about that move though in the um, league cup emerson started instead of alonso so it looks like potentially that emerson might have superseded alonso as the first choice um in the defense of chelsea so in some ways I'm, I'm quite happy that i did get rid of him but i have um a little bit of a defensive crisis and yeah um swinging this back to the market forces a little bit we've had twenty-seven thousand transfers in already for laporte as I mentioned which is a bit worrying for those that brought him in because he's, he's not going to start in the midweek i highly expect because of the fact that he got injured with a suspected hamstring injury um, in the match today. And um, also the most transferred out player I also own, which is Juan Basaka, perhaps someone in everyone's team. He's out as well with a hamstring injury. He's had um, over 73,000 transfers out um, at time of recording. So there's a bit of a defensive crisis going on there. Um, I'm going to have to start thinking about who I'm bringing in. haven't really given it too much thought, actually, at the moment. I'm probably potentially gonna still roll it and risk it with a three-man defense but uh yeah a little bit concerning definitely uh, but I think for me Laporte will be leaving the team uh, because Manchester City have a, a blanket 31 it's just to kind of wait and see what Pep says and uh, go from there there's a few options out there perhaps um, a Newcastle defender like Lascelles maybe would be um, an interesting option at this moment in time. Yeah, definitely. And I think with Laporte out as well on the double game week, if Laporte's still injured, then that, that also opens the door to players like uh, John Stones at 5.2, who, seem, who has a very similar skill set to Laporte, the ball playing defender. Uh, you may expect um, him to play a couple of games, and that could be a very nice little kind of value uh, addition for a few managers. Same price as TA, yeah. of course. It's yeah. quite cheap, isn't he? Down five? Yeah, 5.2 uh, Stones. Oh, Potentially. I mean, he is flagged as well. He didn't. He wasn't in the t- in the squad for the uh, League Cup final. Otamendi no, no. is a bit expensive at six point zero, but he looks perhaps the most nailed on now if, if Laporte is injured. And there's also, of course, uh, you know the captain and leader Vincent Company uh, lifting the trophy today. Five point two, a little bit of a differential pick, but yeah, for now I think with the looming game week thirty one, because I'm not planning on wild carding or free hitting, I'm probably going to be foregoing the Manchester City defence and looking elsewhere in my particular plans. Yeah, don't blame you. I just think it's the next three, well, especially that I guess you'd be saying to people with West Ham home, Bournemouth away and Watford at home for the next three, that people shouldn't be sleeping on Man City despite having that looming 31 uh, still in front of them, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm playing my um, three here in 31, so I'm very much uh, in favour of getting City. And uh, yeah, so but obviously it depends on your strategy and... Uh, 
I, I do think that we can over plan in some ways, even if you are um, planning for the bank payment 31. So I, I do think it's viable to get City, but it, it's a bit tricky this game week, obviously, because they've played the 120 minutes and you don't know who's going to start. And yeah, Pip does a lot of rotation. So I probably wouldn't be doing it this game week. But um, yeah, there's cer- certainly a chance for another cheeky hokey cokey. Yeah, I'm always instinctively against those, and I found myself on double game week. Even though I was in Florida, chilled out, smashed off my face in the theme park, I still found myself thinking, oh, if only I had done your boomerang. If only I had done that. If only that had occurred to me, that was trouble captioning the port. Uh, Just a final word before we move on to the questions that we've got, and then we'll take some questions from the chat after that. Um, On the pep roulette, um, because that's something that does come up an awful lot, and it does kind of mean that, you know, for example, Villa Ronca throughout the Christmas period had no Man City players apart from Edison. So a lot of people have been completely put off by the risk like do you think the risk is is one worth taking um or is it just one that you're looking you're kind of happy to shy away from and hope that other players for example Mo Salah pick up the slack from City's players Uh, either one yeah I I mean I I think it is worth taking the risk um you know it's you you obviously got to pick the players which are less likely to rotate get rotated I know that's a complete nightmare to know exactly who that's going to be with Pep but um yeah, at the moment, so long as uh, Jeju stays stays out, then it looks like Aguero is the first choice. So it looks like that going him is going to be a good route. I've also got Edison, and he's obviously... Uh, oh, you've he's... suffered through that. How long have you had him for? No, no I brought him in for the um, the double that we had. So, uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I quite like to do that for blanks and doubles, is have... Make sure you have a couple of goalkeepers that sort of rotate quite nicely. Um, that's a tactic which generally works pretty well for me. And although I've got uh, Edison and Fabianski at the moment, so that's generally don't, yeah, I don't really like to spend that much on goalkeepers, but I, I'm probably going to keep it now for until the next wild card, which I'll be doing after the uh, double game 32. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think with Manchester City, it is worth kind of, you know, handling that rotation and just going through it, I guess. Um, You know, they are the most dominant team in the league Um, in terms of attacking threats. 74 goals, which is the most in the league, only 15 more than um, Liverpool. In terms of goal attempts, well, they've had 463 compared to Chelsea's 406 and Liverpool's 399. So, you know, they're always going to score. And I think it depends on the player to a certain extent. There's the likes of Leroy Sane, and I think maybe if he's not being picked, then perhaps you kind of have to think about selling him. Maybe not this week, like we talked about, because he, he possibly will start. But, you know likes of Sterling and Aguero, Pep is going for the title and these guys are going to play more games than not play. And I think they are worth holding, even if they are going to potentially miss the next fixture. Because, you know, like with Sterling, I mean, he has actually started sort of, you know, eight of the last nine games. So he is nailed on really within that team. He'll get the occasional rest and he might get a rest midweek, but he's one of their key men. And I'm probably going to hold him through this fixture. Hope he starts or at least gets some minutes. And, uh, you know, I'm not thinking about setting him at this moment in time. Well, what's your midfield then, Nick? Is it, I don't know how you've managed to fit Sterling in. Cause I, I've been wanting to bring him in, but, you know, we've got Pogba, yeah. Salah and Son. It's, um, yeah, it's quite, quite an expensive midfield. I don't, I don't have a premium forward though. So I've got Son, uh, Salah, yeah. Sterling and Pogba. But at the moment, my front line is Jimenez and Altovic and Rashford. So oh, yeah. that's why I don't have Aubameyang or Aguero in my team. I'm able to afford Sterling. And I'm, I'm quite happy with that setup, to be honest. I mean, Sterling, to a certain extent, covered Aguero during that, um, those last few games and in the double game week. So, you know, it's, it's worked out all right for me. Yeah, yeah. 
I think over. I think overall, like I think with uh, Kern and Sterling particularly, you've got as nailed as they can be within that team. Plus, have the FPL points output. And uh, Dan, FPL chances made a point in the chat as well that the points return for you is going to out, out outweigh your worry about the occasional dropping. It's kind of like you know they're going to do this, aren't they? It's just that yeah. the overall kind of uh, average is going to be higher because of what Man City can produce. Um, and I think kind of, let's kind of continue this on with the first kind of question we got from Twitter, which was uh, about reacting to game week 27. A lot of people said, you know, uh, let, let's just forget about this one official FPL. It's, it's just never, it's just not happened. It's very, very low. I think it's the lowest average scoring game week of the season so far, actually. Great time to be doing a, pod, a live cast, isn't it? Um, but KXNG asked the question on many people's minds, which is that seeing as the majority of the FPL community have had a horrendous game week, would it be wise to make decisions based on what happened or should we stick to the plans if we've, we've made, if any, and just roll with the punches? Um, I think we're probably all going to agree on this, but let's see. Uh, Nick, how are you reacting to this game week? Uh, is the, is, are your plans up in disarray or um, are you still coldly sticking to what you're doing? Well, I, I, I'm sort of coldly sticking to what I'm doing, but I have to take into account what happened this this game week because there's been a little bit of an injury crisis, which has unfortunately developed. So whilst my original plans, I was thinking about rolling or maybe just doing a, a Wambasaka transfer out, I'm now potentially thinking about a minus four, actually. So to a certain extent, despite it being a low-scoring game week, um, that bothers me less. I'm more bothered about the fact that my team's now looking a bit misshapen. And I think you have to take into account what happened this week. Um, for instance, I think I rubbished Burnley to a certain extent in the last pod, which meant, of course, they would go ahead and beat my team Spurs. And um, now, now looking at Rashford, I've, I've actually thought, mm, maybe I could look at Ashley Barnes. He scored four goals in a row. And he, he could be he could be a really good, um, good swap for uh, Rashford maybe this week. And, uh, you know, there's, there's other questions that have arisen this game week. Leicester, for instance, they were pretty damn terrible. But we'll talk about them in a second anyway. But um, at first instance, it makes their assets less attractive. But I think generally my advice would be to stick to your plans. And and unless you, you're doubled up on the Watford and Palace attack, everyone had a terrible game week. And there's not really too much to say apart from, um, except the fact there's low scoring mid, um, week and, and focus on what you're doing and, and look at the midweek fixtures and then um, figure out your plans from there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more to be honest. I'm a, a big believer in that. You know, it's, we don't really care about last week's points. I mean, obviously, they sort of come into the factors in your decision, but you know, those points are gone. And they, don't, they don't really matter. What matters more is future points potential. And so, yeah, you've got to look at your your team and if it's well set up for next game week. Which I'm I'm fairly happy with mine. I'm probably going to be banking a transfer, um, depending on Rashford news. Uh, but it looks like he's just got a knock. So even if he is out, I'll probably still bank a transfer. And then just reassess it after that. Um, so yeah, kind of standard response, really. Just uh, yeah, be patient. Don't don't have a big reaction and uh, go taking all out your your players. You got them in for a reason, and um, yeah, it's probably very wise not to not to go spending lots of points and getting rid of all of them. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's just a case of looking at it and thinking, yeah, it was a bad game week. And if you've had a bad game week, it's a good game week to have a bad game week. Yeah, exactly. Because the average was so low. I, I wouldn't dwell on it too much. I mean, as Nick said, if if there are players who, for you, cause an issue or for you, uh, put a bit of a spanner in your plans, like, for example, you know, with changing from removing AWB to probably having to play with that Laporte money, then fair enough, that's just part and parcel of being an FPL manager. But I, I think sometimes you do get game weeks like this and, 
the worst ones are the weeks where, and believe me, I've had a lot of these where people are all scoring 80 and 90 and you're sitting there on 50 or 60 thinking, where did it all go wrong? Why am I doing this? Why do I want a podcast? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry too much about it. And I think that perhaps in some ways it'd be more instructive looking at what happens midweek with a lot of these players, because yeah. in some ways you're going to see uh, almost like a, a dry run of a double game week for a few teams where which players are going to be fit enough to play two games in a row and this will be true of the entire calendar week coming up like which players are fit enough to be playing all of those games which players are fit enough to be producing in all of those games or at least threatening to produce in all of those games and um, and the final point i'd like to say is ashley barnes like it's absolutely we picked him up a few weeks ago to some opprobrium um but he is outstatting him like at that price point it's incredibly well like really really over the last six game weeks absolutely astonishing stuff um 19 shots uh, 18 in the box six big chances uh, nine of those shots on target um you know, that's that's really getting there. He's, he's four for shots on tar- uh, shots in the box, for example, over the last six. Uh, he's had more shots in the box than the likes of Raul Jimenez, uh, Rashford, Aguero and Lacazette, um, which, yeah, that's a, that's pretty crazy for a Burnley player. I know they've got a kind of a bit of a splintered, uh, a splintered time ahead of them, but the next two are looking OK at Newcastle and Crystal Palace and they've got Liverpool, uh, but they also have a 31 and a 33 game. So if you are building towards that kind of uh, that kind of setup, then then why not look at Ashley Barnes, especially if you've got an issue like Rashford that you want to get rid of. If, if he is, um, if he does have a bit of a problem, then you may be thinking because the game weeks are so close together and that means he misses 28 and probably also 29 if it's a bad hamstring kind of thing you're going on, watch Ben Krellin. Um, so maybe Barnes would be the one who's going to fit a lot of people's needs. Um, it's also Rondon, my bet noir, who does look a little bit better with Almiron in the team. Um, right. Uh, so, yeah, I think that all of us say roll with the punches and uh, hope that tomorrow is a, a better day. Uh, the next question is on Leicester, as Nick's, uh, Nick's was inferring. So post-Poel purchases, uh, FPL Waterloo Sir Charlie asked if Leicester assets are more attractive after Cla- Claude Puel, the Gringotts goblin, has been sacked. Um, interesting one. And Nick, you bought Pereira in this week. I bought in Chilwell, didn't even get on the pitch. Um, uh, Will, did you have any Leicester players? Uh, yeah, did the, did the brilliant transfer. Did the Pereira. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, what are our views on on Leicester? Um, are we going to uh, do more? Or are we happy with just the one asset? Or would you be advising people to jump on if they don't have any at all? I think they're they're looking like a great investment at the moment. I mean, you you've nearly always have uh, sort of a, a new manager boost. Um, you know, players fighting to to play for the new manager and they're motivated. And you know, players like Pereira are going to I think are, are great bets. Actually, I'm I'm very happy to own him despite. <laughs> Despite not getting off to a good start, um, and then obviously you've got Madison. Uh, yeah, he's he's been doing really well on the stats as well. Uh, and then you've, I think Vardy has also got a point to prove. Um, there's a lot of budget, good budget options. You mentioned um, Barnes and Rondon there as well. So maybe people might uh, not want to stretch to, to Vardy, but I think he's got a good shout. And they've got the fixtures as well. Like they've got a ridiculous run of fixtures, and they obviously play in 31. Uh, and day three as well so yeah looks I think that Leicester look like they're they're going to be a great investment 
Yeah, for sure. I think it is interesting, actually, because I, I looked at their form, though, and it has has been pretty dreadful. Oh, yeah. is, um, yeah. 15, 15 goals conceded in the last six game weeks is, is the worst in the league, surprisingly, even worse than Fulham and Huddersfield. Though, unbelievably, actually, in terms of shots conceded, it was only 59, which is the fourth best. And it does raise question about the likes of Casper uh, Schmeichel, um, you know, who was one of the most vocal critics via his father, um, whether he'll start saving shots again. But we'll, we'll have to see there uh, but yeah generally they have been a team devoid of form and uh, that terrible result Palace summed up I think uh, we will see that there's going to be a potential for the new manager bounce we actually saw it um, previously with Craig Shakespeare when he became the Leicester mm. manager they won their first four games on the trot and he started the tenor with um, a 3-1 victory against Liverpool but It'll be, it'll be very interesting to watch. Um, for now, I think I'll probably hold Pereira for this week. I'm not going to rush to get another Leicester player in, but it'll be very interesting to see you know, what happens with the new manager and also who plays because, you know, for instance, Harvey Barnes is someone who I've been touting a little bit as a really good um, option. He, he might suddenly find himself out of favour with the new manager. He might prefer Damari Gray and Rashid Grisal as the uh, first choice wingers. So it'll be interesting. I think there's definitely options out there, like, you know, mentioned Mad- Madison's perhaps a really decent pick though he hasn't he's got great underlying stats as I'm sure Tom will mention in a second but you know and Vardy as well is another pick though he's quite expensive but I think for me I think Pereira I'm I'm quite glad he's in my team even though he got me a zero pointer because I'm sure there's going to be returns in the next few game weeks with that great fixture run as you mentioned Will. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely one of those where, like, you've got to bear the context in mind. I guess with the new manager, it's looking like actually that a few of their targets, as like you know, Rafa Benitez and um, Brendan Rodgers, are the ones who are being mooted at this point in time. Um, I don't think they would be moving mid-season um, without a transfer window. So I'm guessing what we'd see maybe is the coaches taking charge or somebody like some sort of caretaker thing going on. Um, if they do bring a new manager in, then I think maybe, Will, you're right, like there may be a little bit of uh, that sort of thing going on where the new the players are trying to kind of uh, impress. And there are a few options. You've got players like uh, James Madison, of course, who is uh, topping the charts for attempts uh, amongst midfielders in the last six home matches. And overall, he's created the most chances of all midfielders uh, 24 of those uh, creating a chance every 21 minutes, which is equal to Robert Snodgrass, uh, your, one of your favourite players of old, Nick. Uh, um, with Leicester, it's very much the case of whether the malaise is driven by the manager or driven by the players. So like under uh, Ranieri, the Ranieri to Shakespeare sort of transition, um, they were playing pretty abjectly under Ranieri. Shakespeare came in, they started playing very, very well. Last season, the moment they got safe, I remember Nick, you and I were talking about the Leicester players and they were saying like Mares, Mares towards the end of the season. They had great fixtures, I think, towards the end of last season. They only had Spurs and Game Week 38 as the one game maybe you get off them. Um, but those were the players that, that those are one some sort of players that we were thinking, yeah, that's really worth it. But after they got safe, they were on the beach. Like between game weeks 30 and 37, I don't think they won a game. Uh, they weren't very good at all. Um, and I'm I'm just kind of wondering whether if it is the existing coaching team in charge, if the manager, the new manager's put off until May, whether they may just kind of drift towards kind of some sort of vague safety. There may be some wins in, in, in the intervening period. I'm happy to own one player. I'd be happy with Pereira. Don't know whether we'll see him out of position anymore because um, that's where he played under Puel at Nice in AMR. So yeah. I don't know whether that's going to continue again under the new manager. Um, but... I don't know whether I want more than one. Like, I think Madison would do a job. It's just the fact that, I, I don't know, I think he, he would feature in a game week 31 or a 33 free hit team for me. I don't think he'd feature in a team of players, especially with 
I mean, if here you heard about Nick's midfield earlier, a team of, of fairly decent uh, midfield options. I'm not sure that he's quite pushing that yet. Um, and Vardy, I mean, I've owned Vardy so many times throughout the course of the years. I mean, apart from the one season when he was absolutely, obviously fantastic, the rest of the time he's a very, very, uh, a very frustrating player to own as our old rat face. Like uh, he's got like what one one attempt per game, two attempts per game, and that's it. The ceiling's very low. The kind of style of player he is so he'll get you one goal and that'll be it he's like i'm done apart from if i get a penalty and if he gets penalty all he does is wallops it as far as hard as he can straight ahead of him most goalkeepers have probably worked it out right now um i'm going to be my words he's going to get a hatcher next week isn't he but a very frustrating player to own and because there's a plethora of cheaper mid-price forwards hanging around that i'm not too sure i'd be too interested in Vardy. so it does kind of feel like Pereira slash uh maybe Chilwell, who if you're a little bit less to spend or maybe Maguire even yeah. um are the players there in midfield you'd be looking at madison but probably no one else and then up front yeah Vardy. um i don't know it, it, it feels like when we boil it down to the actual players that are there you only really want one leicester don't you I think I, I might get Madison in. Um, I've got a Richarlison shaped hole in my team right now. So, um, Ooh, yeah, yeah Madison is one of the players that I'm looking at for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, I'd probably like to see one game and then, and then see how they react to, to, to make my choice. Um, but yeah, I, I like Madison a lot. Uh, probably wouldn't go Vardy. And, but yeah, I'm happy to, with Pereira. But I wouldn't go more than two for sure. But yeah, Madison. Madison's definitely on quite high up on my watch list. I think the style of football as well was one that maybe may change yeah. a little bit. Puel ships a lot of uh, flack for having a fairly pragmatic style, didn't he? And one that didn't really suit the players they had his, at his disposable. At his disposal. Who knows? Maybe even see Ikinacho uh, come back to fruition or something like that. Uh, all right. Uh, next question then, Nick, unless you've got anything to uh, add to that. No, I'm happy to to move on. I think, yeah, in your situation, Will Madison would be a really good pick, potentially around that price point. Uh, for myself, I'm happy with the single Leicester player. I don't think I'm ready for the double up. And like you mentioned, Tom, last season, I had Mares and Morgan on my wild card. It was a bit of a disaster. It was, it was part of a generally disastrous second wild card. So I'm, I'm very wary of a team, especially when you're looking at bringing in players from a team that haven't been informed. But like I said, Puel's now gone, you know, Schmeichel and his family and the rest of them have, have won their <laughs> victory. So, uh, so you, you know, we, we might suddenly see a, an informed Leicester like we did with Manchester United, very oddly, when um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took over. So, you know, well, it's, a, it's a waiting team with those fixtures. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Leicester changed things around. But for me, I'm happy with the one player. But yeah, the, ne- the next question is um, about Fulham and Huddersfield and whether they're in the crosshairs. And FPL Stag asked, should we just sack off the planning and keep targeting these two hapless sides? Um, do you want to start on this one, Will? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, th- I think they fit quite nicely into planning in terms of sort of targeting them. I mean, I know that... Um, They've got, uh, they both play in the blanks and doubles. Um, and uh, let me just check their fixtures. So, yeah, they've got West Ham obviously playing Huddersfield in the blank game of 31, and Liverpool have got Fulham. So, you, there you've got, you know, if you want to target those teams and also fit in with your your, your game of 31 plan, then West Ham players look like a good shout. So, I think that, yeah, target those teams, but also try and fit them in with your plans. Why not do both? 
No, I, do, I do get that. And I think that we, we are kind of helped out by the fact that Huddersfield's next game is at home to Wolves. And most yeah. of us, if not all of us, have got Jimenez and Doherty uh, in situ. What I do think, though, and I think that what Stags hit on here is the fact that it's always good. And uh, FFS will often talk about the whipping boys as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, very important to have that in mind. Like These are teams that have abjectly just failed in the Premier League. You know, they, they are championship standard teams. And when you do have... Um, kind of mid-table teams playing against them, it's always a good idea to kind of back up that kind of thing. If you can make the one transfer, the two transfers, just to get uh, one guy in is actually quite nice. Yeah. Um, maybe you, you, there is an element of luck involved. I know there's a lot of Felipe Anderson owners and buyers probably screaming at me right now saying that, oh, God. Um, but nonetheless, I think that, that there's always a good chance of getting something out of it. Like I always pull back to this, but a few years ago, when Aston Villa were on their way out of the Premier League. I adopted a target Villa approach and that part of that included buying Troy Deeney on a minus eight because nice. he was at home to Villa and he got like a last minute brace, um, which is obviously very lucky. But at the same time, th- those sort of things are more likely to happen. It's always mm. nice to have that sort of like uh, set up against teams like this. And there are a few kind of salient moments, I think, during the end of the season when maybe you'd be looking at Huddersfield and Fulham. Um, as teams that you, you may you may be targeting, you know Liverpool in game week thirty one, that game against Fulham, my lord, that's going to be Mo Salah captain heaven basically. Yeah. Like everyone's going to be captaining Mo Salah, and I think that that maybe the impact of game week thirty one is going to be diminished to some extent uh, by that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're uh, they've got a few dodgy fixtures towards the end of the season as well. They got the Man City uh, Man City during the double game week two um and uh, Huddersfield I think uh, Liverpool Man United game week 36 and 37 so there are definitely there's definitely potentials for gains that there's always that kind of backup captaincy for Mo Salah as well in game week 36 for triple captain if you can't fit it into your uh, your chip plan but uh, targeting these sorts of teams like towards in the start of the season you want to kind of get a team which is in a, di- a downward kind of uh, trend but thinking, well, probably they're going to get themselves out of it. Um, Burnley, for example, were an example of a team that were doing pretty poorly for a little while and then uh, seemed to have reasserted themselves. But during that poor period, target them. Um, and I think that towards towards the end of the season, we see a terminal decline and having those sorts of players, um, the targeting those sorts of teams with your players is probably a good idea. Uh, Nick, what do you reckon? Yeah, I would tend to agree with both of you. And I'd potentially say after that mauling by Watford, you could also add um, Cardiff to the to pick as well. Because in terms of goals conceded, Cardiff have 52 compared to Huddersfield's 50 and Fulham 61. But I think definitely with Fulham and Huddersfield particularly, though, um, you know, they're probably not going to... Well, Huddersfield are definitely not going to survive and Fulham probably aren't going to survive too. So at some point, they're going to give up the ghost and essentially just be playing for the sake of playing. And uh, both of them are pretty, pretty abhorrent defensively. So I think you can make a case for targeting these teams, but you can also incorporate that into your plans. And I think you can do both of those rather than just simply targeted them. You could definitely link it to what you're planning. For instance, we mentioned Wolves play Huddersfield. So it makes sense um, to hold the Wolves players for that week. But um, come game week 30, you can do quite a decent swap for the Wolves players, for the uh, Bournemouth players, because Bournemouth then play Huddersfield that week. And yeah. um, that's when I'm planning a sort of Jimenez, uh, Josh King move. And uh, Leicester also play Fulham that week. So you could easily go for a, um, you know, a double up or triple up with Leicester at that particular moment in time. And then in 31, we mentioned West Ham and Liverpool play both sides. So, you know, I would target obviously those teams for those games if you're not already 
having targeted them in your plans. I've already got the double West Ham, already got the double Liverpool, so I've already, to a certain extent, ready for that week. But you, you, it's no point going too silly, for instance. I'm not going to be bringing in like Southampton and Brighton players for the next couple of weeks, even though they're playing the teams, um, you know, because those teams aren't much better, to be honest, anyway. So it doesn't really make too much sense to, to go too silly in terms of... Um, targeting teams and you know bringing in Southampton players because they've got Fulham at home but um, I know you've got Bednarek and you're probably going to play him and that kind of makes sense to a certain extent Tom but I wouldn't I wouldn't go transferring in you know Redmond or something like that just for the sake of the fixture. No definitely not but I, I think there's still, there's still enough there and I think there's a quick point to be made as well that double game week wise they are going to start to form a very very big part of our planning aren't they because like if you see a double, if you see a team's got a double, um, if either one of these teams are part of that double game week, you've got to be thinking, well, all right, I've got one kind of uh, very good fixture in that double game week, and then I've got a, a free hit, effectively, not a free hits in the chip, obviously, but uh, it doesn't really matter what happens in that second game because yeah. in the first game, like I could feasibly get something very nice out of that. Um, a few people, a few, a couple of teams to draw your attention to. Then uh, the first is obviously Man City with the Fulham and Cardiff. The second is Watford. The game week thirty-five double game week could potentially be Huddersfield away and Fulham at home. Um, so triple Watford uh, game week thirty-five. Uh, Nick sitting there with the triple captain on Troy Deeney, perhaps. Oh. Um, but that, that's definitely something to to keep an eye on. Um, and I, I think that like the beauty of this sort of time period and the beauty of having a couple of teams who are nailed in as being troubled teams means that you can kind of think, well, all right, how am I going to look at double game weeks, and is there an opportunity to? create an advantage or find an advantage and maybe something like Watford having a few more of their guys and the beauty of them is they're quite cheap uh, having a few of their guys if they've got an easy double game week maybe a way of looking at it maybe a way of managing it um all right uh next question then um is about cheap strikers we kind of touched on this a little bit already uh but with Rashford's knock and if we think that maybe I think it's a twisted ankle or something like that and um, if they are looking if people are looking to maybe get rid of people looking at cheap strikers generally um which cheap strikers we nominate as uh, being worth our consideration so we've got players like Rondon who plays like Arnautovic um the beloved Ashley Barnes who's the number one Austrian striker and Claret and Blue let's be fair uh New Zealand's Chris Wood and uh, England's Joshua King um so uh who is on our radars guys um who are we looking at and uh who would be recommending people to have a look at uh, well, I, th- I think there's a lot of good options, actually, isn't there? I mean, there's there's four things that I tend to look at when I'm looking at a transfer, and that is fixtures, form, underlying stats, and value. And Rondon, straight off the bat there, brilliant fixtures, great form, really good underlying stats. Like, I think it's 13 attempts in the last four game weeks, um, and obviously great value. So he's he ticks all the boxes. Same with Barnes, to be honest. I mean, he's got everything as well. He's got 14 attempts over the last four game weeks, and that's right up there with the best strikers. And obviously, he's got decent fixtures, really good form. Uh, Underlying stats, obviously, there as well, and value. So, yeah, those two are probably my pick of the two. King is the other one that I quite like. He's got a couple of tough fixtures coming up. But after that, he's uh, obviously good for for the blank game 31. Uh, So, yeah. I'd look at getting King in, but not for the next two, probably hold off for a, for a moment. And out of it, he's the wild card, really. Uh, obviously, a brilliant game in game 31. My worry with him is he's just so injury prone. And when you're going into blanks and doubles, you really, really want all of your players to mm-hmm. be playing. And so he's 
he's a big risk, but potentially the biggest reward. Uh, so all four of them got their merits. And yeah, I like all four of those. I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't even consider Wood. Um, not not good numbers. And Barnes looks the pick from, from Burnley. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I think generally you made some really good points there. I, I've gone for an out of it, obviously. I, I can see he is definitely a risky asset. He didn't actually start this week. Though when he came on, he looked like such a threat. He was so dangerous and, yeah. he, and he managed to pick up an assist. Could easily got a couple of goals as well. Um, Rico made his only good save of the season, <laughs> which was a bit annoying, um, which uh, prevented Anastasia from scoring. But I, I really like him as a pick. And, so you've already, uh, already got him, haven't you? Yeah, I brought him in this week um, for the Fulham match. And um, they've got Manchester City up next, so it wouldn't be in a week to bring him in. But after that, Newcastle, Cardiff, Huddersfield. We talked about targeting teams. That's a yeah. great run of free fixtures for West Ham. And I think he, he's a really good pick. Um, I'm also a big fan of King as well. Um, as you mentioned, I, I'm planning the sort of a front three of King, uh, Barnes and Arnie. So really not the time for me to start talking about my uh, pre-season theories around death of the third striker, considering I'm planning on loading up on three cheapies for the um, game week 31. And I, I thought it was worth actually mentioning um, another player who, who wasn't mentioned so far. It was a quick shout out um, to uh, Mitrovic, uh, the 6.5 million yeah. man. He's actually got more goals than any of the ones we've mentioned so far. And he's also top for all forwards with shots with 93 and second for shots on target with 33. And Fulham have no blank as well. So it's worth mentioning this guy, though Fulham's fixtures are pretty tough. I mean, they've got Southampton up, up next, but after that, it's Chelsea, Leicester, Liverpool. So maybe, um, you know, there are better options out there, but he's, he's definitely worth um, thinking about too. I think I got bored of thinking about Mitrovic around Christmas time, and I've not thought about him since. <laughs> so this is one of those, isn't he? Another man that I thought I'd be bored of uh, for the rest of my life, Salim and Rondon. Again, they're showing up in the stats. And I think we'd be very much helped out by Almiron. I think um, I saw a stat that he created more chance in one game, Almiron, than any Newcastle player had uh, for at least three or four years. He looked um, so, really good, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He really did. Like He's a football manager, a uh, hero of mine, always. I always purchase him from the US. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited to see what will happen there. It looks like he's a, a, a sort of player who, who may really bring the Rondon to life. I mean, the last kind of uh, six game weeks, Rondon's top for attempts amongst strikers. He's top for attempts in the box amongst strikers. Uh, dare I say it, but the Venezuelan may be a bit of an option going forward. Um, uh, you obviously mentioned a few. We've mentioned Barnes. Probably not mentioned. Uh, I wouldn't touch Chris Wood. Um, a couple of people that I don't think uh, have got that many mentioned so far are Wolf Zaha. Um, I, I think that he's looking like uh, behind Batshuayi, um in his in a better position there. Like it's kind of a bit like Benteke used to be. Um, gives him that space and gives him that kind of uh, license to to really wreak havoc behind him. And he's showing up again in the stats as Mr. Zaha. Um, he's had the most pen box touches of any striker over the last six. And Batshuayi himself, um, Nick, I think you, you were quite pro Batshuayi at one point. Um, he's only had three appearances, uh, Batshuayi, um, but he's had nine shots um, during those three appearances and had six of those in the box. So I think there are a few decent options actually out there. And there's actually a little bit of scope as well. If Rashford is injured, to maybe differentiate and go off and do something slightly different. And it obviously just depends a little bit on your strategy. So if it is a 31, 
uh, if you are kind of managing your way up to 31 you're going to free hit in 32 you would probably be looking at players like Ashley Barnes probably you know, maybe not time for Josh King yet but he would be in consideration maybe you'd be thinking about Mitrovic maybe we think about an Altovic. but yeah it's um it's, it's certainly a certainly an area where there are a few options and we saw this week this weekend that that these options are capable of doing something. Like if there is a Newcastle resurgence, for example, the next four they've got quite decent fixtures. Uh, what do you think, Nick? Yeah, I think definitely it seems to be a boon for the first strikers right now. Um, um, we've mentioned in the chat, Joe Finley Bars has just mentioned Troy Deeney, of course, in the chat as well, and he he smashed it this week. <laughs> and then there's our man Jimenez, who we all own at the well as well, who's been pretty cheap optioned and sort of the leading man, perhaps for the first striker for most of the season. Though many of us will be selling him as opposed to bringing him in at um, this moment in time. So definitely, I think right now it's it's the time for the third striker. Let's see what they can do. Um, let's see how they perform, especially in the lead up to a game week 31 where most of the top sides aren't actually playing. Um, and I think, yeah, you, you've both made some really good points in terms of the options out there. And ultimately, you know, it, it's, it's tough. But I think um, I think with Newcastle, we'll have to see uh, Rondon, very interesting pick. And we, we saw that the Newcastle forwards were right at the top of that selfish index um, when we did the analysis. So it'd be very interesting to see if Almiron um, or Almiron um, sort of unlocks the Newcastle front line, creates activity creatively but yeah it's a uh, I, I quite like yours yours a harsh shout actually tom look for if you've got if you're doing my strategy and doing the free hit in game week 31 then crystal palace are likely to have a a nice double in uh game week 32 and they got good fixtures around that so um not not for this week i think we've got man united but um yeah some nice, nice fixtures there for the heart so yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I wouldn't be too adverse to buying uh, Zahar against Man United either. I mean, admittedly, they, they have just kept mm. up Liverpool, let's be fair. But yeah, you've got you've always got the old club thing and you've always got the fact that Man United have, have not been the most solid defensively over the course of uh, the course of OGS's reign. So I think that, that wouldn't be too bad. As you mentioned, you know, Palace have got an okay double, a couple of okay double game weeks. They've got one easier fixture and one hard fixture potentially. Like yeah. Huddersfield's nailed down as being part of that first two double that game week. One, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's that's very good. That, that might be one. I'm on free hit 31, so that might be one that I'd be uh, really looking at. And yeah, I, I, I may have uh, just just put that out into the world. And there's obviously Batshuayi as well. If you uh, if you're looking to save a little bit more cash, because I think Batshuayi definitely has a point to prove, and yeah. his performances have shown that. Next question uh, from Dan, FPL Chancellor, who has detected the fact that there's a bit of a split in the camp between a free hit in 31 and free hit in 32, although maybe Will has uh, started wavering ever so slightly. Um, have you all decided on your chip strategies? Let's talk about this quickly, <laughs> just because I'm sick yeah, of talking there, about There's no such thing as chip strategies and talk about quickly. <laughs> I know, I know. There's no such thing as deciding either, I think, is probably worth talking about because <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. and We haven't had to... Well, the moment you hit wildcard and the moment you hit a free hit is the moment that you've actually properly decided or maybe not maybe if you've made decided to buy two game week 31 players this week at the uh at the opportunity cost of buying in a i don't know some player who's got decent fixtures in the in the short run then maybe it's a bit different but um yeah it's a i don't know like i think i'm still on the free hit 31 train well i've got one two two free transfers no three free transfers haven't i up until game week 30, um, 31, I've got four players who are going to be fit for that game week. So that means that to get eight, nine, 
I don't know. I could probably do it with seven, to be honest, if judging by the fact that Liverpool have got uh, Fulham at home and by the Liverpool players on game week 31 Eve. Um, like I've got to really spend, uh, probably spend a minus four or minus eight as well to do that. Like, do I want to do that? Do I really want to just ignore, um, for example, those three Man City fixtures over the course of the next few weeks? Do I really want to do that? Probably not. So I think I'm probably like, the fact is that we saw the fixtures come down. But, like, that hasn't changed the... Well, it's straight in my face, isn't it? Um, that hasn't changed the fact that my team setup is still is still the same. Um, that hasn't changed the fact that I've still got four um, players who are fit for 31. I'd have to use all my transfers to get to 31 to not to be able to play three hit and 32. So the way my team is at the moment, all the decisions I've made before, crap as they were, are dictating my future. So... Yeah, I think I'm still pretty wedded to 31. But Will, you were slightly wavering. Like, why is that? Um, to be honest, I, I think that, you know, I was wavering just, just because I think there's a, a fairly decent bunch of players which uh, have got a gaming 31 blank. So if you're, you know, if you are planning your transfers, then there are good players to bring in who have got good fixtures around it. So it's not... It's not like you're you're wasting your transfer just for one game. But at the same time, I think that, yeah, the big one there is City. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking to bring City players in when you know other people are looking to lose them who who playing uh who are building for 31. So I think that yeah, just I'm probably I am probably gonna free hit in 31 just because it, it gives you so much flexibility around you know the players you can bring in and and uh yeah, you know, obviously you you might struggle for, for 33, but you're you're either gonna yeah, it's it swings around. It's a, it's a close call at the end of the day, and I think it just depends on how you're currently set up, and uh, yeah, also things like the value got tied up. Like you don't want to be losing your, I don't want to be losing loads of money on the likes of Pogba, for example. If I if I need to get rid of him for thirty one, so um, yeah, I probably will be sticking with free hit thirty one. But as I said, I'm going to bank a transfer this week and I'll have more information next week and have a look at my team and you know. You don't know, maybe some injuries crop up. Maybe we get some, some, some different news, or I don't know. Uh, it, it's always better to have a, a bit more time to to think about these things. So, yeah, um, it's it is a tricky one, but yeah, the, the key is just planning, really, making sure you plan early. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I think I've decided in terms of my plans already. I'm pretty pretty set in stone, really, which is I guess is a good thing. Obviously, there's going to be a few things that happen or can happen, which kind of throw plans to disarray. And I've had that to a certain extent this week. I originally planned on rolling, but now I'm looking at the minus four. But I think that's fine in terms of the general strategy. I'm still heading towards prepping that 31 team. I'm just taking hits on my route there, which is okay, I guess. But, um, you know, I'm not a big hits man, but I have to if I've got an injury crisis and if I'm if making enforced changes, I might as well stick to my original plan and bring in those 31 players just a little bit earlier than I planned originally. And that, that's fine. And then I'm going to be so I'm going to be not free hitting that week. I'm going to free hit in 32 most likely. And then um, I have my team already set up for 33, which would be similar to a 31 team. And then I'm probably going to wild card in 34 to use that bench boost in 35. And I did have um 15 players for the double game week 
well, maybe 14, 13, if we're excluding the likes of Salah. And then um, the triple captain's still a bit of a mystery in terms of how I use that chip, but it might be used in um, 36 against Huddersfield. I might even be tempted to use it in 31 for the Fulham game. Um, I'm not too sure about that. I think 36 maybe is the better fixture still for Liverpool. I don't think so. I mean, if, you, if you're basically saying, I'm going to use it in 36 against a terrible team in Huddersfield, then you might as well use it in 31 against a terrible team in Fulham. Like, why not? I, I don't really see what you're waiting for in that case. Like, because I think they're both, in 36, both so I think in 36 it might be that less people own Mo Salah, so he might be more of a differential uh, yeah, triple captain. Makes sense. That's, that's what I'm thinking anyway, because I think in 31 everyone will be captaining in Salah anyway, so I'm only going to be adding an extra, you know, two to 10 points or two to 20 points on everyone else's score. No, in 36, he might be less of a captain. Fulham still might be fighting for game week 31. Like you, you'd expect Huddersfield to be dead in the water. Definitely, definitely dead in the water in 36, right. just just playing for pride. Yeah. I mean, which I guess is, is still, I think a, I'll, still I think a big I'll factor. 36 if, if I had yeah. triple captain in a single game week. And obviously, I, that's that's a home match, isn't it, for Liverpool? Well, yeah. the Fulham one's away. It'll be interesting to see as well. Hopefully, Liverpool get knocked out the uh, Champions League. Uh, sorry, sorry, Lee, and anyone else that's listening that's Liverpool fan. And then their sole focus is on trying to win the title in, in 36. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah, maybe we'll have to see how it works. Right, and uh, the final question from uh, from Twitter before we ask kind of chat uh, is uh, the blanky men. Um, so Neil Gupta, our friend, asks uh, who outside of the top six uh, will be the key men uh, for blank game week thirty one. I think this is probably aimed at people who are looking to free hit in game week thirty two. So at the moment they're planning their game week thirty one, and by consequence their game week thirty three teams. Um, so outside of the key men, uh, we all know about free Liverpool, and I think the Pereira probably is one that we shouldn't really wax lyrical about because I'm guessing he's one that people are going to know about. Outside of those guys, who are we looking at as being those players who, in a period where you've got a very, very light player pool, as Ben Crelin was talking about last week, uh, may be the ones that people all kind of flock to and is there a reason for the getting these guys in a little bit earlier just to kind of get um, a, a few points out of them? Who's on your list, guys? Uh, well... I, I'm not going to be uh, building my team up for blank game theory, but even so, I think that there are um, there's quite a few sort of budget options actually. Like you've got obviously Bournemouth, we talked about King, they've got a really nice fixture. West Ham obviously got Huddlefield, Anderson, and Arnautovic look like good bets, and obviously Fabianski in goal. And then you've got you know Burnley as well. You've got Barnes that will possibly Burnley defence. It looks like they they're beginning to sort their act out in defence. They've got a nice. Nice fixture against Leicester, um, potentially. Uh, depends how Leicester are doing, I guess, if they've if they're sort of tested stuff out. And then obviously you've got the Leicester guys and Madison and Vardy. I think they're decent shouts. The the wild card one is Almiron. I think that he's uh, he's got the potential to be a really really strong fancy asset. I know those that play um, Major League Soccer fantasy is he's he was practically essential. Oh, him and Giovinco, uh, absolute just little yeah. creators, amazing in MLS. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I th- I think that he's he yeah him and Rondon look like good bets. There's quite a few good picks out there. In fact, just looking at that, I'm half debating changing my strategy. But <laughs> yeah, we've got. Yeah, let's not go down right? the strategy. Yeah, we don't want to do, don't want to do it anymore. I've, I've had yeah. enough. I don't know. If, I don't know about you guys, but I've just had. 
brain drain, especially brain after drain. doing a, the thing with Ben Crell in the other the other day and really working to boil it down to two key things and yeah. trying to fit everything in. Oh my lord! Like my brain had just completely checked out by by Thursday of of, of last week. I just didn't want to know anymore. Uh, Nick, what do you reckon? Game week thirty one. Um, I assume you're still on the first two free hit um, strategy. So, what players apart from the obvious guys are, are kind of catching your eye? So, yeah, if we're not looking at the, the top six uh, clubs, which excludes Liverpool and Chelsea, then I guess for me, it's, it still remains the West Ham assets. I think there's a, a few decent options. I mean, we talked quite a bit about the forwards, but Anasovic, obviously great pick. But I'd also recommend, if you're looking at a goalkeeper, Fabianski, who's, who's been absolutely classed this season. I think he's been top for quite a few of the metrics in terms of goalkeepers this season. Yeah, I'm a big fan. But I was also um, very um, impressed uh, this game week by Diop. And I thought he, he played really well um, in the Fulham game. And, he, and he, you know score the belt of a header and, he, and he's only 4.3 million so um in terms of my picks I'm, I'm kind of looking at the defense to a certain extent trying to find a, a new member of my defense that fits into the 31 model and at the moment I think the leading men um in terms of the people I'm looking at is, is Diop and uh Lascelles maybe as well as um, an option for Newcastle uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really about the front line. I think I'm going to go potentially with a cheap front line and then a, a premium midfield and a relatively cheap defence as my 31 setup. Yeah, that's definitely where I'm going to be going. I mean, you guys have mentioned a few very, very good options. I think there are a couple to me who, um, I mean, I, I'm free hitting 31, but if I was planning for game week 31, there are two two players that I really, really want. The first is Arta Boric, uh, Bournemouth and it's so boring to be talking about a goalkeeper but it was a 4.0 goalkeeper that you can chuck in instead of Ben Hamer will probably still have retained the number one jersey at that point uh, Bournemouth as you spoke about last week um, in game week 31 they've got Newcastle at home in game week 30 they've got Burnley at home I don't know if they're going to keep a clean sheet who knows if Bournemouth are going to keep a clean sheet frankly um, <laughs> but at, at, at the end of the day having a 4.0 playing goalkeeper with decent fixtures is really quite decent um so he would be one who would probably make up a, a decent kind of spot as well in a in a uh, in a bench boost because if you pay 4.0 for a goalkeeper and he plays one fixture in double game week that's okay with me um another one's Ryan Fraser um I you know he started the season incredibly well uh, created 11 big chances in that game week range 1 to 10 and created 24 chances in that time period I think it was a chance every uh, every 30 35 36 minutes something like that um and at 6.1 you've got to be thinking well yeah, I'm, there's always going to be space for Ryan Fraser. I think I'll probably prefer him to James Madison, although the caveat of watching to make sure they're not on the beach is going to be true. Um, I said, I think it's on the podcast last week that Bournemouth, the first 10 game weeks, had one game against the top 16, which is Chelsea, they lost. Um, apart from that, they won six and drew two. No, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, I think that they're um, in their last 10 mirrors, their first 10. So they're going to be a team that I think I'd like to get two of at least. And I think they're going to be quite useful for a lot of people when trying to manage the transition. So I think that there are a few a few guys you'd really be looking at, but those two would be my two, especially Boric. So he, in the same way that Bednarak, who I probably should mention here, has been quite a useful player as a 4.0, like the AWB of the end of the season almost, because he is 
central to uh, uh, and Hootel's defence for some reason. Um, and he has a bit of a goal for it. He scored for me in World Cup Fantasy, for example. Um, and he's just 4.0. And he's got a game in 32 and a game in 33. I think that's good. That's looking quite um, looking quite good. A double game week, sorry, in 32 and 33. That's looking quite good, potentially. All right, um, let's move on to uh, transfers and captains then uh, for this midweek. Um, and we'll answer some questions from the chat afterwards. If you're listening to this um, after after the fact on the, on audio, we're not going to include those, sorry. But you've probably got enough from us already, let's be fair. Um, Transfer and captain this week, then, guys. Um, what are you looking at doing, and who are you looking at captain? Uh, let's start off with you, then, Will. Uh, what you what are you thinking of? You said you're probably going to roll it. Yeah, I think. I mean, it obviously depends on injury news with Rashford and stuff. But um, if unless he's ruled out like definitively for a couple of weeks, then I, I probably will roll it. Um, and yeah, or or potentially ditch Richarlison, although he's against Cardiff this week, so. I feel like every single week I'm like, must get rid of Richarlison and he gives me some kind of reason just to sort of cling on to him. But yeah, so I, I might I might ditch Richarlison, but um, I probably will just give him one final week before oh, he says goodbye, bank a transfer. Oh, wow. It's like a, re- a relic of the old days. I'm going to use it's my Nokia 3210 for one more day. Fair <laughs> <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I... I quite like Madison. There are there are good other you know some decent shouts in that price bracket. Um, but also, I think just having the flexibility of two free transfers the following week, um, and then I'll really be able to assess my team. And I'm pretty certain of my double game and blank strategy. But having two threes that sort of gives you that flexibility to change your mind if you want to. Um, and captain Salah, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably the best shout. Obviously, you've got Aguero, but Minis might be managed. Um, I don't know the Bang Yang, but he's. Uh, I'd probably captain him if I did have him. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably go into Salah. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I think I'm probably going to follow you and captain Salah as well. Um, I think he's just a standout pick. It's all an auto captain, even though he seems to be um, a little bit out of sorts and didn't have the best game today. I still think he's going to be my preferred captaincy choice. Um, in terms of transfers, though, I mean, I'm in a bit of a situation, bit of an injury crisis. Always happens at least once a season. But I've got um, I've got David Brooks injured. I've got Wan Bissaka injured. I've got Laporte injured now, and I've also got Rashford, who Ole Gunnar Solskjaer would say is going to be a surprise to see him play midweek. And I've got Raheem Sterling, who I'm not confident at all that he's going to play as well. So it's it's a bit of a situation I find myself in, which means I'm potentially now going to be looking at a minus four um, just to kind of shake things up. and just head towards prepping that game week 31 team anyway, which um, I'm a bit short on numbers for anyway. So I think connecting the two kind of works out quite well for me. And in that vein, it's potentially going to be Rashford that leaves the side um, early, earlier than planned originally. But he might leave for um, Ashley Barnes, as I mentioned. And then potentially Laporte will go as well as part of the minus form, or maybe um, maybe Wambasaka, perhaps Wambasaka because. Um, you know, I'm less inclined to keep him in Laporte. Might find that he's uh, he gets himself fit, and uh, yeah, I mentioned a couple of the options. I'm still definitely nowhere near certain on who I'm picking for that defensive slot, but um, the cells maybe is is one of the options that I've mentioned as a possibility. But you know, I still need to do some analysis before I decide for certain what I do. 
Yeah, I do love the cells actually. I think he's one of those players that has always been a bit like Ashley Barnes actually on the periphery of my team for a while. Like always, kind of I've always well, yeah, got good fixtures. He's a bonus magnet. Always got that goal threat. One of our friends, Tack, always seems to own him during this course of the season. Always seems to do well out of him. So yeah, it could be a good pick there. Uh, for me, I'm probably going to do nothing. I'm probably going to join you, Will, on that. Um, I'm going to captain Aubameyang, I think, because at the end of the day, you know, what have I got to lose, frankly? Um, I mean, I've, I've got I've got Salah, but, you know, might, I might as well try it. Bournemouth at home is, as we said, fairly plum. Um, now I've got Chilwell. I'm hoping he'll be fit. Um, I've also got Rashford, um, but I've got Bednarak on the bench, who's home against Fulham. Um, so he will. I'm happy for him to come on, frankly. And I've got Westwood second bench away at Newcastle. I do have uh, Wan Bissaka sitting around at third bench, but that's where he would have been anyway against Man United at home. So I'm not too worried about that. How long um, do you think he'll be out for? I don't know, and that's that's going to be an interesting one that we'll have to cover over the course of the next couple of days. Um, if he does look like he's going to be out for, I don't know. Two or three weeks. I mean, it's one of those awkward ones, isn't it? Because we bought him at 4.0. Um, yeah. And that's a very nice kind of uh, budget enabling device, basically owning a player who we know is going to be playing okay. And as we discussed, they've got okay fixtures during the doubles and around the doubles. When he gets back, you'd assume he's going to come back into the team. Um, if it's one of those kind of short-term kind of pain fixtures and he's back on the weekend, then obviously it's absolutely fine. If it's a if it's kind of a long-term hamstring knack that's going to keep him out for three or four weeks, then you obviously reassess. And we've all made decent profit on him. It's just the case of whether we want to replace him really now and whether that's really what you want to spend a free transfer on. I don't know. If you're in Nick's sort of position and as he was before the injuries, then maybe I'd be thinking, yeah, maybe a one second transfer does make sense. If you've got nothing better to do and you've got two free transfers, but uh, unless it's really impeding you, I'd just probably keep hold of them until we know more. Um, but a yeah, difficult one. Difficult. Yeah, one. I guess it depends on your your gaming, double gaming strategy as well. If you're going for the free hit in 31 like me and building for 32, then you might want to keep him if you're you're doing the free hit in 32 and building for 31 then it, it makes sense to, to ditch really doesn't it because he obviously hasn't got the game in 31 so yeah lot, lots to consider absolutely um, absolutely okay cool um so we're going to finish off the uh the podcast bit here and we'll take some questions from chat, chat after that as i mentioned just so who we are uh, we are who got the assist of course you can find us on twitter at wgta underscore fpl and our lead code is 516 Five one six dash four four one. Joined today by Will um, from uh, Fantasy Football Hub. You can find him on Twitter um, at f football hub, and uh, Will himself is uh, findable um, at ff hub. Uh, Will um, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today, Will. It's been really good fun, and we'll hopefully have you on again in game week thirty. Um, for, it's just to do a normal podcast. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's been really good to be on, guys. Really enjoyed it, and yeah, looking forward to more podcasts. If any of the you guys out there are into YouTube, I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, just search Fancy Football Hub on YouTube, and it will come up. Yeah, cheers, Will. Great to have you on, um, and thanks for all the questions, guys. As always, and then we hope this assists you. Yep. Cheers. Bye. 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 Oh, it's a goal! Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Podcast Network.